Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Relove Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ezzy Spencer, and it is a real joy to be here with you. I help brilliant, magical women to create love. I'm an author, I'm a coach, and I answer questions on this podcast from readers, from friends, from clients, the questions that slide into my Instagram DMs from people who are really curious about love and dating and relationships. And a brief disclaimer here, I'll be talking about attachment styles, but not through the lens of psychological advice. I do invite you to get appropriate therapeutic advice um but attachment styles have made their way in i suppose to the to the zeitgeist and so in this episode i'm going to be diving into a really fantastic question actually that jumped into my instagram dms or someone i should say jumped into my instagram dms um and she asked how to tell whether someone is avoidant or if they're just not interested in you. I'm going to dive into that in three parts in this podcast episode because I have so much to say about it. The first topic I'm going to jump into here is attachment styles. So avoidance is a type of attachment style and I'll give a brief primer in this first part of this podcast episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm also going to talk about my general take on attachment styles and a bit of a spoiler alert. I think it's really important that we're not putting ourselves in a box or thinking that we might be doomed in love and relationship because we might identify as having an anxious attachment style if we've taken a quiz, for example. So if that's something that you've been curious about, attachment styles, or if it's a way that you've almost unconsciously problematized yourself, make sure you listen to this part of the podcast episode. So the second part of the episode is where I'm actually going to answer the question by flipping the question. So it's definitely going to be revealing to you that second part of this podcast episode. If you are someone who is always wondering, is the other person avoiding me or are they just not keen and I'm just not picking up the cues? So definitely stick around for that one. And then in the third part of the podcast episode, I'm going to give you a couple of communication scripts. If you are wondering, how can I elegantly ask the other person, you know, in a way that's not going to really turn them off in a way that is likely to give me the information uh, that I need. So get your notebook out. Let's jump into the first topic, which is about attachment style. So when she's talking about uh, is someone avoidant, what she's talking about is does this person have an avoidant attachment style? And I think attachment styles are really helpful as a jumping off point to understand yourself in relationship, to understand what your love blocks might be, and specifically to understand how your love blocks may be manifesting or how they may be expressing in terms of your thoughts and in terms of your behavior in a way that could be a blind spot, a way that could potentially be preventing intimacy or blocking you from the depth of intimacy that you could be experiencing. Yeah. And I will give this caveat here, which of course, this is a whole area of expertise. There's a really popular book called Attached. If you haven't read it, you might want to check that out. I also personally like the work of Diane Poole Heller, if you're interested. In brief, there are four main categories of these attachment styles. And what you'll see is that different experts might sort of riff a little bit on those four categories. But what tends to be pretty consistent across this topic is that there are these four main categories. And these four main categories are avoidant attachment style, anxious attachment style, a disorganized attachment style, and a secure attachment style. 
And whenever we're going to be jumping into anything that classifies people into just a handful of categories like this, it is obviously going to be reductionist, right? Always going to miss the nuances of your personal situation. And I really want to say it again, because I just hear this over and over with my coaching clients. You know, they come into my coaching containers and they're like, oh my gosh, I have an anxious attachment tile. There must be something wrong with me. And I just really want to emphasize that you are not doomed because you take a quiz and it comes out as an anxious attachment style or as a disorganized attachment style or whatever. It does not mean that you won't be able to create beautiful, healthy relationship, co-creating healthy relationship. Absolutely possible for you. I see those women all the time who come into Relove who maybe are identifying as having an anxious attachment style um, at the outset. You know, when we really do tend to some of those blocks to love, they're like, oh, hang on a sec. I'm really finally understanding what it feels like to be in a place of self-love. I understand now what it feels like to have a secure attachment style. So you are incredibly lovable. There is nothing wrong with you. If you are experiencing blocks or challenges in relationship, that's totally normal. Most adults do and make sure that you are reaching out for the support that's going to help you to overcome those blocks because you can create love. That's the truth. That's the reality. Okay, so with all of that being said, let's jump into the attachment styles. And look, a lot of love blocks are around self-protection and guarding your heart because you have been hurt. So someone who may identify as having an avoidant attachment style is someone who tends to to turn away from relationship, would be more likely to withdraw or to under-communicate if they are feeling hurt or if they are feeling threatened in some way inside of a relationship. So someone who identifies as having that avoidant attachment style is more likely to feel like smothered or overwhelmed when the other person would like to be in more frequent communication with them. You know, it doesn't even need to be a conflict situation, although of course, when we are under stress and under pressure, if we have a tendency towards one of these attachment styles, it will come out and naturally inside of relationships, conflict tends to be quite stressful. And so people may well resort back to these default wirings as as a method of taking care of themselves, right? Of a way of getting what it is that they need in a particular situation in order to self-soothe. Yeah. So someone who is avoidant will turn away from relationship. Now, someone who identifies with having more of an anxious attachment style will tend to turn towards relationship and in fact will tend to lean into relationship and might lean into relationship hard in situations where they are feeling stress or pressure. They obviously, as the name would suggest, would be really likely to feel anxiety and worry and to manifest that anxiety and worry through what could be perceived as over-communication. And certainly the avoidant person is going to perceive an anxious person's uh, attempts to calm and soothe the discomfort that they are feeling in situations where they may be feeling hurt, which might be, say, abandoned or perceived rejections or abandonments or where an anxious person is not feeling loved or accepted or safe. That anxious person is much more likely to uh, lean in, text more, call more, ask more questions. And as I touched on before, you know, the avoidant person is going to be much more likely to turn away and much more likely to interpret the anxious person's bids for connection um, 
as as further threats. So you can start to see straight away that when an anxious person gets locked into a dynamic with an avoidant person and there's not a consciousness or an awareness or a willingness or a toolkit around handling some of these trigger points or stress points or communication skills that that can actually very quickly start to deteriorate and turn into a downward spiral and feel really distressing for both parties when they're playing out whatever their coping strategies are, yeah? So huge amount of compassion always for anyone who is experiencing any pain or hurt inside of relationship. These are never intended to be pejorative terms. You know, invitation is always, always, always to treat yourself and the other person with compassion, you know, in, in, in these situations and to know that with support, you can definitely overcome a lot of these tendencies. Okay, so someone who identifies as having a disorganized attachment style will likely have a bit of a jumble of an anxious attachment style and and an avoidant attachment style. So what that might look like is that in some circumstances, in some relationships, in some contexts, in some seasons of their life, they may manifest as having more of an anxious attachment style. And then in other circumstances, they may actually be leaning back and be having an avoidant attachment style. Yeah. And so this can be very confusing for the person who is experiencing this. They don't necessarily know themselves how they're going to be responding. And it certainly can be quite unpredictable for others who are in relationship with someone with more of that disorganized style. And again, huge amount of self-compassion if this is you or a huge amount of compassion for anybody who's experiencing this because it can be really, really confusing and very challenging to be on the inside experience of that. And then the final of the four attachment styles is someone who is, you know, identifying as having more of a secure attachment style. So this is someone who has a little bit more of a neutrality perhaps around relationships. It doesn't mean that that person doesn't get hurt or that that person has not experienced hurt and pain in the past. But what it means is that that person has the tools, maybe because of positive childhood modeling, maybe because they have acquired those tools in their life and in their relationships over time, and they don't uh, need to retreat to some of those defensive postures around, um, you know, turning away from relationship or kind of peddling rapidly into relationship in order to get reassurance in order to self-soothe, right? And so this person is a little bit more resourced in the sense of being able to hold themselves, to hold themselves with a lot of self-love and tenderness and grace, being able to show up and to ask questions from a place of openness and curiosity. And I'm going to talk more about that in part three of this podcast episode, give you a couple of uh, of potential scripts that a secure person or someone who is testing as having a secure attachment style may just go to naturally and You can totally learn these scripts and tools and ways of holding yourself. You can learn how to come into a place of better emotional regulation inside of yourself and have a really good sense of self, a really good groundedness inside of your life, inside of your relationships. And you're likely to be able to clock very quickly what the objective reality is in a particular situation. So you may be able to just really easily see, hang on a sec, you know, that person is not showing up in a way that feels really good for me. So 
I might feel upset about that. I might feel hurt about that, but I'll just make a decision now to walk away from that situation. I'm not going to continue to chase after that person. You know, I'm just going to really take the time to return to myself. I've got a really beautiful relationship with my own self-worth. I have a pretty high self-esteem and I'll do what is appropriate in the situation in terms of trying to have the the conversation or, or engage in the communication and handle the situation with kindness and grace, you know, but equally I'll, I'll, I'll choose myself in this particular situation. It's not like, you know, you have a secure attachment style and then it's like you never have any interpersonal challenge ever again. It's not like you come into a beautiful, healthy, loving, secure relationship and that you don't butt up against each other's core wounds. I'm not saying that. It's more around the, the way that you handle that and the amount of capacity that you have and the appropriate nature of your investment in a situation at a particular time. So it gets very nuanced. This is only a brief primer, but you can see that there are many gradations, many layers to what it is that I'm sharing and how the attachment styles could be a really helpful jumping off point. And naturally your own individual context is going to be really specific to to you. And if you're having some challenges, then make sure that you're getting the support that you need to navigate those challenges. And it's absolutely possible to create really incredible relationships with someone who's really willing and able to meet you as well. All right. So with all of that being said, let's move to the second part of the answer. And you're probably going to hear the cicadas start up here in the evening musicality of the Ubud jungle. So please do soak up some of that Bali magic whilst you are listening in the forthcoming minutes. We might get some wildlife uh, joining in. Uh, So let's go back to the question. And a reminder, we're answering the question here, how to tell if someone is avoidant or if they are just not interested in you. So I'm actually going to flip this with a another question. So the question I'm going to ask back to you is, does it matter? Does it matter if the other person is avoidant or if they're not interested in you? Because let's get to the subtext of the question here. This is a person where there's uh, some kind of romantic framing around the situation and they are clearly not showing up. This person is not engaging with you in a way that's having you feel good. This person is clearly not responding to you or speaking to you in a way that has you feel secure. And if you are in a place where you're having to figure out what the other person's psychological profile is or trying to get inside of their heads, generally that is because they're not being forthcoming. Their words are not clear or their behavior is not clear or there's not an alignment between their words and their actions. And so my question for you is, is that situation something that you can tolerate inside of relationship? Do you have capacity to be able to hold that? And then beyond tolerating that inside of relationship, is that good enough for you? Do you feel deep down that you deserve someone showing up and being clear? Do you feel like it's possible for you that someone may be willing and able to show up and meet you and have conversations with you in a way that's going to help you feel good and clear and secure inside of a relationship? Now, we will get to part three of this podcast episode. And in that part, so later in this very same episode, I do have a couple of communication scripts, which is going to support you to ask the questions that could help you to get clear, right? So I'm a huge proponent of clear and direct communication, but this is a really important point to dive into first, which is, do I have capacity to truly handle this situation? If someone's not really showing up in the early stages of relationship, 
that's probably only going to become more pronounced in the later stages of relationship. Am I habitually in situations or in relationships where I end up taking responsibility for the other person's stuff as well as my own stuff? Do I take over responsibility? Do I habitually try to figure out where the other person is up to or where they're at so then I can adapt myself accordingly? Do I just assume that it's my job to support them with their love blocks? Is this a love block for me? Am I being grounded in the objective reality of this situation? You know? So you can see that there's quite a lot here. There's quite a lot here. Now, we're not trying to cast aspersions upon anyone with any kind of attachment style in this situation, if indeed the truth is that they have an avoidant attachment style. We don't know if that's the truth in this situation, but even if it is, we're not pointing the finger of blame. However, we're shifting the lens back to ourselves and what it is that you need inside of a relationship. Ultimately, what we want to be considering is why are you asking the question about what's going on for them and why aren't we asking the question about you, how you feel and what you need inside of a relationship, how you deserve to be treated. Part three of this episode is all about clear communication and you are going to have the best shot at figuring out whether someone is avoidant or if they're not interested in you by asking. And someone is going to give you the answer that you need in order to close the loop on this. And someone is, if they're not interested, but they have a secure attachment style or whatever, they're going to just let you know that they're not interested. They're going to decline your request to meet up again. You know, they're just going to let you know. But if someone doesn't get back to you, or if someone doesn't answer your clear and direct communication, like if someone obfuscates or sends you back a song when you ask them whether you want to see them again, for example, you know, there is an indication there that they're probably grappling with some internal issues and we don't need to get into the diagnosis of them, quite honestly, you know, but what it is that we can decide is, is that actually going to work for me? Like, it's a pretty low bar when you're asking someone a clear and direct question like, hey, would you like to meet up? <laughs> if they can't reply with an answer, you know, it's a pretty good indication that they're probably not going to meet some pretty basic communication requirements inside of a relationship, you know, like we want people to be able to answer questions as the table stakes in a situation. You deserve that. You truly deserve that. And so an example of what that clear and direct question could look like is like, hey, I had such a great time on Saturday night. I'd love to see you again. Would you be interested in that question mark? Or if deeper into a situation, actually own and claim the feeling that you might be feeling hurt or you might be feeling confused that you haven't heard from somebody after the been like a beautiful intimate experience or there'd been an indication that the other person wanted to see you again and maybe then you know they've dropped out and say hey oh hey I feel a bit confused or I feel a bit hurt we had such a great time on Saturday night and then I haven't heard back from the last couple of texts I just wanted to check in and see were you still eager to meet up again question mark, you know. Um, so some of the errors that I see around this is that people are not asking questions. People are like, hey I had a great time on Saturday night, full stop and sending that as a message. I see so many screenshots with the women that I'm coaching and they think they've asked a question, but for whatever reason, and I get it, we can get into a whole other conversation about 
<laughs> feminine and masculine dynamics in another podcast episode because we talk about that a lot in coaching too. But you can't go into diagnosing someone else's like attachment styles or whatever if you haven't asked a direct question. Um, similarly, another error that I see people make is that they are understandably feeling hurt, you know, because they thought that there was a certain situation at hand. You know, they thought the other person was interested in them and then the other person hasn't shown up for whatever reason in the way that they wanted them to. And so they ask a question which is a little passive aggressive or a question which is actually framed more as an accusation. And you just got to think about what it might feel like to be on the receiving end of that. You know, again, you don't actually know, but if someone's actually genuinely busy or has some stuff going on and they get a snarky text message from you, like it's going to kind of kill the vibe for them. You know, they're going to feel hurt as well. So just invitation is if you choose to ask a clear and direct question, do it in the spirit of openness and curiosity. And you know what? Like if they're not interested in you, that sucks and it will hurt and you will be okay. You will get over that. And if they don't get back to you, then also that sucks and it hurts and you deserve better than that inside of a relationship. If this is hitting home for you, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. In the Relove program, I support people to come into a beautiful relationship with themselves and to raise the bar, to raise standards of how they are treated in all aspects of their life and particularly in romantic and intimate relationships. So I help you to metabolize some of the energy, some of the hurt around these situations and to use that energy of pain to open up into greater heart expansion. I help you to filter earlier rather than later as to the kind of behaviors that are going to work for you in relationship, as well as the kind of behaviors which are going to cause you grief down the track and support you to say no with lots of communication scripts, which are going to be relevant for your very specific situation to help you to get down to the root of any emotional static in your unconscious mind that is leading you to choose the kind of people who are not able to show up and give you the love that you deserve. So I support you to come into a deep embodied knowing of your own value and of your own worth. And this is what forms your love life and helps you to step into that next level, soul nourishing relationship. So if you're interested in joining Relove, all of the details are over on my website, essiespencer.com. Go and check it out. You can jump in now and start working through the curriculum. We start the live group coaching in October and feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Essie Spencer. I'm more than happy to connect with you personally to see whether the program is the right fit for you and if the timing is right for you as well. So go and check out essiespencer.com and I invite you to rest into this knowing of just how lovable you really are.